listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria Vagrida. If you would like to reflect about today's reading and share your thoughts and insights with others, I encourage you to visit the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group on Facebook, and there you'll be able to interact with other followers and listeners. Now let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 205, and we are reading from Volume 3, Book 5, Chapter 20, Paragraphs 222 to 230. Chapter 20. Lucifer calls a meeting in hell in order to hinder the works of Christ our Redeemer and of his Most Holy Mother. 222. The tyrannic sway of Lucifer over this world was not any more so unobstructed as it had been in the ages preceding the incarnation of the divine word. For from the hour in which the Son of the Eternal Father descended from heaven and assumed flesh in the bridal chamber of his virginal mother, this strongly armed one felt a superior force which oppressed and crushed him, as I have related in its place. Luke 11.21 After the birth of Christ, he felt this power when the infant Jesus entered into Egypt. Volume 2, 130, 643. And on many occasions, afterward, this dragon was routed and overcome by the force of divine truth issuing from the great queen, comparing and connecting these past happenings with all the new experiences related in the foregoing chapter. The ancient serpent was beginning to be much troubled by his fears and suspicions, lest a new and vast force had established itself on the earth. But as the sacrament of the Incarnation was deeply hidden from him, he lived on in his blind fury without suspicion of the truth. Although, since his fall from heaven, he had most anxiously tried to ascertain when and how the divine word would leave heaven and assume human flesh. For this wonderful work of God was what his arrogance and pride feared most of all. This anxiety induced him to convoke the many council meetings of which I have spoken in this history, and also the one of which I now speak. 2.23 Finding himself then full of uncertainty concerning the experiences of the demons and of himself with Jesus and Mary, this enemy of the human race questioned himself by what power he had been vanquished and put to flight in his attempts to ruin the dangerously sick and the dying, and in his other encounters with the Queen of Heaven. As he could not clear the mystery for himself, he resolved to consult those of his associates, who excelled in malice and astuteness. 
He gave forth a roar or tremendous howl in hell, using the language understood by the demons, and called together those who were subject to him. All of them, having been gathered together, he made them a speech, saying, My ministers and companions, who have always followed me in my just opposition, you well know that in the first state in which we were placed by the Creator of all things, we acknowledged him as the universal source of all our being, and thus also respected him. But as soon as to the detriment of our beauty and preeminence so close to the deity, he imposed upon us the command that we adore and serve the person of the word in the human form, which he intended to assume. We resisted his will. For although I knew that this reverence was due him as God, yet as he chose to unite himself to the nature of man so ignoble and inferior to mine, I could not bear to be subject to him, nor could I bear to see that he did not favor me rather than the creature man. He not only commanded us to adore him, but also to recognize as our superior a woman, his mother, a mere earthly creature. To these grievances I took exception, and you with me. We objected to them and resolved to deny him obedience. On account of our behavior at that time, we are punished and made to suffer the pains of our present condition. Although we are aware of these truths and acknowledge them with terror among ourselves, it will not do to confess them before men. James 2.19 And this I put as a command upon you all, in order that they may not know of our present difficulty and weakness. 2.24 But if this God-man and his mother are really to come, it is clear that their coming into this world shall be the beginning of our greatest ruin and torment, and that, for this reason, I must seek with all my strength to prevent it and to destroy them, even at the cost of overturning and destroying all the world. You all know how invincible has been my strength until now, since such a great portion of the world obeyed my command and is subject to my will and cunning. But in the last few years I've noticed on many occasions that your powers seem to have decreased and weakened, that you were oppressed and overcome, and I myself feel a superior force which restrains and intimidates me. Several times I have searched with you through the whole world, trying to find some clue for this loss and oppression which we feel. If this Messiah who is promised to the chosen people of God is already in the world, we not only fail to discover him, on the whole face of the earth, but we see no certain signs of his coming, and we perceive none of the pomp and outward show naturally attendant upon such a person. Nevertheless, I have my misgivings, lest the time of his coming from heaven unto this earth be already near. Therefore we ought all to be eager to destroy him and the woman, whom he shall choose for his mother. Whoever shall distinguish himself in this work shall not complain of my thankfulness and reward." Until now I have found guilt and the effects of guilt in all men, and I have seen no such majesty and grand magnificence as would induce the word to become man and which would oblige mortals to adore him and offer him sacrifice. For by this homage we shall be able to recognize him, the certain indication of his coming, and the distinguishing mark of the Messiah will no doubt be that neither sin nor its consequences common to other children of Adam will ever be able to touch him. 2.25. So much the greater, therefore, continued Lucifer, is my confusion at present. For if the eternal word has not yet come into the world, I cannot understand these new experiences, nor whence comes the strong opposition which overpowers us, who drove us out and hurled us from Egypt, 
who destroyed the temples and crushed the idols of that country, in which we were adored by all the inhabitants, who oppresses us now in the land of Galilee and its neighborhood, and prevents us from perverting many of the persons in danger of death, who keeps away from sin so many souls, as if they were withdrawn from our jurisdiction, and who causes so many to better their lives and begin to seek the kingdom of God. If this damaging influence is allowed to continue, great misfortune and torment may arise for all of us from the secret force which we do not comprehend. It is necessary to put a stop to it and search anew all over the world whether it does not contain a great prophet or saint who seeks our destruction. I have not been able to discover anyone to whom I could ascribe such a power. Only I have a great hatred against that woman, our enemy, especially since we persecuted her in the temple and later on in her house at Nazareth, for we have always been vanquished and terrified by the virtue which shields her and resists our malice. Never have I been able to search her interior or come near her person. She has a son, and when both of them attended at his father's death, all of us were unable to approach the place where they were. They are poor and neglected people. She is an unknown and helpless little woman, but I presume without a doubt that both son and mother must be counted among the just, for I have continually sought to draw them into the failings common to men, and yet I have never succeeded in causing them to commit the least of the disorderly or reprehensible of actions which are so common and natural with other people. I know that the Almighty conceals from me the state of these souls, and this doubtlessly argues some hidden danger for us. Although the interior condition of some other souls has been concealed from us on certain occasions, yet this was but rarely and not in the manner as with these two. Even if this man is not the Messiah, it is certain that they are just and are enemies, which is sufficient reason for persecuting them and ruining them and especially seeking to find out who they are. Do you all follow me in the enterprise with all diligence? For I shall be your leader in our fight against them. 2.26 With this exhortation, Lucifer concluded his long speech, in which he gave to the demon much other information and malicious counsel. But I need not mention them here, since this history will contain other references to the hellish plots to make us understand the cunning of the venomous serpent. Immediately, the prince of darkness, together with countless legions of evil spirits, issued forth from hell and spread over the whole world. They persisted in roaming through it many times, searching out in their malice and cunning all the just, tempting those they recognized as such, and provoking them and other men to commit the evil deeds hatched out in their own infernal minds. But Christ our Lord in his wisdom concealed his own person, and that of his mother, for many days from the haughty Lucifer. He did not permit him to see or recognize him until he betook himself to the desert, where he allowed and wished the devil to tempt him after his long fast. And Lucifer did tempt him, as I shall relate in its place. 2.27 When this meeting was held in the infernal regions, Christ, to whom as our divine master all was known, betook himself to prayer against the malice of the dragon, and among other petitions, he prayed as follows. Eternal and most merciful high God and Father, I adore thee and exalt thy infinite and immutable essence. I confess thee as the highest and boundless good, and I offer myself in sacrifice to thy divine will for the vanquishing and crushing of the infernal powers, and of their malicious counsels against my creatures. 
I shall battle for them against my and their enemies, and by my own works and victories I shall leave them as an encouragement and example of what they must do, so that those who serve me from their heart may prevail against Lucifer's malice, defend my father the souls from the snares and cruelty of the serpent and its followers, and grant to the just the power of thy right hand, in order that through my intercession and death they may gain victory over their temptations and dangers. Our great queen and lady had a like knowledge of the evil counsels of Lucifer, and saw all that passed in her divine son in the prayer he offered. As the co-adjutrix of his triumphs, she joined in the prayers and petitions of her son to the Eternal Father. The Most High granted all of them, and on this occasion Jesus and Mary obtained immense assistance and rewards from the Father, for those that battle against demons in the name of Jesus and Mary. So great was the efficacy of their prayers that all those who pronounce these names in reverence and faith overcome their hellish enemies and precipitously repel them in virtue of the prayers, triumphs, and victories of our Savior and of his most holy mother. On account of the protection thereby offered to us against the arrogant giants of hell and on account of all the other helps furnished us in the holy church of our Lord, no excuses left us for not battling legitimately and valiantly or for not overcoming and vanquishing the demon, as the enemy of the eternal God and our own. For in this we should follow the example of our Savior, according to our ability. Teaching the Most Holy Mary, the Queen of Heaven. 2.28 My daughter, weep with bitterest sorrow over the stubbornness and blindness of mortals, in not understanding and acknowledging the loving protection which they have in my divine Son and in me as a relief from all their troubles and necessities. My Lord spared himself no exertion and left no means unemployed in order to gain for them inestimable treasures of heaven. He garnered up his infinite merits in the Holy Church, the most important fruit of his passion and death. He left the secure pledges of his glorious love and procured for them most easy and efficacious means in order that all of them might enjoy and apply them for their use and for their eternal salvation. He offers them, moreover, his protection and mine. He loves them as children. He cherishes them as his chosen friends. He calls them by his inspirations. He invites them by his blessings and graces. He awaits them as a most kind father. He seeks them as their pastor. He helps them as their most powerful. He rewards them as one possessing infinite riches and governs them as a mighty king. All these and innumerable other favors which are pointed out by faith offered by the church and presented before their very eyes, men forget and despise as if blind. They love the darkness and deliver themselves up to the fury and rage of those cruel enemies. They listen to his lies, obey his wicked suggestions, and confide in his snares. They trust and give themselves up to the unquenchable fire of his wrath. He seeks to destroy them and consign them to eternal death, only because they are creatures of the Most High who vanquished and crushed this most cruel foe. 2.29 Guard thyself, therefore, my dearest, against the deplorable error of the children of men, and disengage thy faculties, in order that thou mayest clearly see the difference between the service of Christ and that of Belial. Greater is that difference than the distance between heaven and earth. Christ is eternal life, the true light and the pathway to eternal life. Those who follow him he loves with imperishable love, and he offers them his life and his company with it, an eternal happiness such as neither eyes have seen nor ears have heard, nor ever can enter into the mind of man. John 14.6 
Lucifer is darkness itself, air, deceit, unhappiness, and death. He hates his followers and forces them into evil as far as possible, and at the end inflicts upon them eternal fire and horrid torments. Let mortals give testimony whether they are ignorant of these truths, since the Holy Church propounds them and calls them to their minds every day. If men believe these truths, where is their good sense? Who has made them insane? Who drives from their remembrance the love which they ought to have for themselves? Who makes them so cruel to themselves? O oh, insanity, never sufficiently to be bewailed and so little considered by the children of Adam. All their life they labor and exert themselves to become more and more entangled in the snares of their passions, to be consumed in deceitful vanities, and to deliver themselves over to an inextinguishable fire, death and everlasting perdition, as if all were a mere joke." and as if Christ had not come down from heaven to die on a cross for their rescue. Let them but look upon the price, and consider how much God himself paid for this happiness, who knew the full value of it. 2.30 The idolaters and heathens are much less to blame for falling into this error, nor does the wrath of the Most High enkindle so much against them as against the faithful of his church, who have such a clear knowledge of this truth. If the minds of men in our present age have grown forgetful of it, let them understand that this happened by their own fault, because they have given a free hand to their enemy Lucifer. He, with tireless malice, labors to overthrow the barriers of restraint, so that, forgetful of the last things and of eternal torment, many may give themselves over like brute beasts to sensual pleasures, and, unmindful of them, consume their lives in the pursuit of apparent good. Until, as Job says, Job 21.13, they suddenly fall a prey to eternal perdition. Such is in reality the fate of innumerable foolish men, who abhor the restraint imposed upon them by this truth. Do thou, my daughter, allow me to instruct thee, and keep thyself free from such harmful deceit, and from these forgetfulness, and from this forgetfulness of the worldly people. Let the despairing groans of the damned, which begin at the end of their lives and at the beginning of the eternal damnation, ever resound in thy ears. O we fools, who esteem the life of the just as madness! O how are they counted among the sons of God, and their lot is among the saints! We have erred, then, from the path of truth and of justice. The sun has not arisen for us. We have wearied ourselves in the way of iniquity and destruction, we have sought difficult paths and erred by our own fault from the way of the Lord. What has pride profited us? What advantage has the boasting of riches brought us? All has passed away from us like a shadow. Oh, had we but never been born. This, my daughter, thou must fear and ponder in thy heart, so that before thou goest to the land of the darkness and of the eternal dungeons from whence there is no return, thou mayest provide against evil and avoid it by doing the good. During thy mortal life and out of love, do thou now perform that of which the damned in their despair are forced to warn thee by the excess of their punishment. This concludes our reading today for day number 205. We have been reading from volume 3, book 5, chapter 20, paragraphs 222 to 230. Just the other day I used a football analogy. Let me use another. Imagine if one of the football teams... I was playing the other team. So let's say the Packers versus the Bears. Let's say the Packers had access to the Bears playbook. That would help them 
especially to claim victory and to win the game because they know the plays that they will run and they know then how to respond. And in a sense, as we hear this meeting of the devil with all of his demon angels, it's kind of in a sense we're getting the playbook that we know what they do. We even heard that they attack souls that are devoted to Jesus and Mary. We know then that if we are attacked because of our faith and our love of God and of his blessed mother, we also heard that we are powerful when we invoke their names. And then we see Jesus in his prayer to the Most High God And then we heard, as the coadjutrix of his triumphs, Mary joined in the prayers and petitions of her son, and the Most High granted all of them, and on this occasion, Jesus and Mary obtained immense assistance and rewards from the Father for those that battle against the demons in the name of Jesus and Mary. We have access to divine help because of the prayer of Jesus and Mary, that at that moment in time, And now for all future generations, including us, they obtained immense assistance for us in those times of trial and temptation. We heard, too, how the devil seeks out the Blessed Mother. Only I have a great hatred against that woman, our enemy, since we persecuted her in the temple and later on in her home. In her house at Nazareth, for we have always been vanquished and terrified by the virtue which shields her and resists our malice. Well, strengthened by Mary's prayers and the example of her virtue, hopefully we too can resist the malice of the evil one. Be on your guard against evil, arm yourself with the rosary and holy water. And be ready now, with the help of St. Michael, to take up battle against the evil one. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.